At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This episode of Who Would Win is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Look, we've all been there, and a good therapist, counselor, or psychiatrist can literally be life-changing, and it's never been easier to find one now with BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with one in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally accessible in many areas, but the good news is that this service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you would with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash www that's better h-e-l-p and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional better help is offering who would win listeners and fans 10 percent off their first month by going to betterhelp.com slash www again that's 10 percent off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash www Hopping from rooftop to rooftop, the assassin follows his mark. The most vicious tax collector in the city will never again evict a family from their home when the morning rises. Following him to a bank, Ezio creeps inside. Stalking him all the way to the bank's vault, Ezio waits for the door to open to take his shot. It is then that the vault door opens and out bounds the master thief known as Catwoman. Surprised to see people around, she lashes out at Ezio, who parries her blow. The tax collector has now run from the scene and the assassin is none too pleased to have missed his mark. Before the animus can desync, he will have vengeance on the masked intruder who made everything go south. It's the cat burglar versus the assassin. It's Outsider versus Brotherhood. It's Catwoman versus Ezio Auditore. Today on Who Would Win? 
And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic books, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanis. Now, today's matchup is what geek culture celebrates in the biggest way possible. On one side, you have Ezio from Assassin's Creed, the video game character that everyone loves, the video game series that everyone loves, versus Catwoman, the iconic, the legendary thief, uh, love interest of Batman from DC Comics. Now, of course, I did the patented who would win Google test to see how many people have actually talked about this matchup. And you won't believe this. It's actually been discussed a few times. But here's the thing. Yeah, it's never been discussed in great detail, nor has a conclusive ending to this battle ever really been agreed upon, even really reached. That's why who would win is a thing. Ray, give me your thoughts on today's battle. I am pumped for this battle. In the boardroom where we started putting this battle together, we had Catwoman, and we were trying to figure out who Catwoman's opponent would be because we've been wanting to use Catwoman for at least six months now. She constantly comes up in conversation. All the time. And All the so time. we're looking for a big-name character. We're kind of rocking out the month of June right now. We're really just blowing the doors off this thing. And Catwoman was an obvious choice to anchor a battle. Fantastic. So who does she go against? Wasn't suggested by me. That's the part that really killed me in the boardroom is other voices, including one James Gavsey, suggested, how about that dude from Assassin's Creed? Immediately, I did my patented boardroom move of, yes, that's it, and I left the room because that's exactly what you have to do when you hear an idea that good and you want to jump on it that well. We see you do that all the time when there's an idea you love, when we say, hey, who ate the last donut? You're up and you're out before we get an answer. We knew you were enthusiastic about this battle. Today's battle, Ray, is serious. I mean, you got two characters that can do a lot of bad things to another human being. Mm -hmm. It's a very serious matchup. So before we get very serious with this, let's kind of have some fun with who would win before we get into the debate. So we love to handle questions from the crowd, the audience, the fans, the legions of fans. I I wouldn't use the word love. We tolerate. We tolerate questions from the audience. I love to handle audience questions. Uh, Ray's also here for that sometimes. And we got an interesting question from one fan at Mustard Forever. By the way, who doesn't love mustard? Uh, they ask if James and Ray were stuck on a deserted island, how mm. would they survive? It's a three parter. Who would be in charge? And how would they get off the island? I love this three-part question. Ray, let's, let's kind of go through your answer to this. What's your answer to the first part? How would we survive on the island? Well, look, if it's a dessert island, then obviously I'm going to be eating the Twinkies. I'm going to be eating the lollipops. I'm going to be eating the ice cream sandwiches, which are clearly growing on trees. So I will be just fine as far as survival goes, although I might gain a few pounds. That's a great answer. I love that. Now, more importantly, who would be in charge between Come on, you James. and I? What what kind of a question? Of course I'm in charge, and you would have to listen to me because I will hoard all the cupcakes. (laughs) Okay, all the cupcakes. And finally, how do we get off this desert, sorry, dessert island? Yeah, it's a dessert island. You made that very clear in your statement, James. And that's kind of a weird question to ask because those don't exist in real life, by the way. Thanks, mustard forever. But I would probably ride on top of a giant muffin or cupcake, perhaps even peel that little wrapper off. Obviously, that will float in the water and it will take me home to safety. And I'll leave you Uh, behind. I get off the island. You're, You're stuck. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for those insightful answers. Let let me take a a swipe at this. Okay. So the first question was, how do we survive on the island? Pretty simple, really. What I would do, I don't think I would eat the dessert, trying to kind of watch what I'm eating these days. I think I would actually eat Ray. So what I would do is I'd start off at his legs, feet to knees, and he'd be still yelling at me really loud, which, by the way, I find delightful. 
So while I'm eating, I have this like supper music. Really, really cool thought. In terms of who would be on who'd be in charge, I know that you would try to assume leadership. I would listen to you again, yell, and I do what I normally do in our board meetings when you're trying to lead them. I just kind of find my happy place and do my own thing. So I'd actually be in charge, even though you know you're talking about it. And finally, how do we get off the island? Yeah, I'm not getting off the island. This sounds great. I am very busy. I haven't had a day off in like years. I'm going to stick around and just have some fun. Ray, what do you think of those answers? Oh, they're all terrible, obviously. Uh, None of it makes any sense at all, except for the part where you stay on the island. I'm glad we agree about that. It's, It's funny. Sometimes we agree and sometimes we agree to disagree. Now, speaking of agreeing. It is time to introduce today's guest judge. I am incredibly excited about this. Making another long, I'm talking long-awaited appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's sci-fi author, content creator, Twitch personality, and talk show host. It's Crystal Storm. Crystal, welcome back to Who Would Win. Shout out to all the OG fans who actually know what it means when James says, welcome back. And all the new people, what's up? I think you'll be educating the new fans on the mm-hmm. greatness of Crystal the Storm. Your middle yeah. name again, as I've been saying, should be just the, because you're that great. Mm-hmm. Crystal, again, you're no stranger to who would win. In a previous iteration, you've been a guest judge many times. Awesome each and every time. We moved the production to Los Angeles completely. Found Race to Canis. I can't believe I'm about to say this. We were lucky enough to find Race to Canis and have him join the team. But since then, you've been extremely busy. Please tell all of the who would win fans what you've been up to. Really just judging the show since you guys moved to L.A. and just making sure that, you know, the new judges weren't screwing up. Ray is Ray is phenomenal. Ray is great. Ray is great. James, you're still doing good. So everybody, everybody's doing great. So good job. Good job, guys. Uh, yeah. Aside, aside from that, uh, I have been uh, busy writing the third book in uh, my sci-fi series. So if anybody likes mobsters versus aliens with some conspiracy theory and metaphysical stuff thrown in, you'll love the Sonarchy series. So please go check it out. You can visit my website, crystalsimagination.com. I've been working on that. I have a talk show that I have started where I sit down one-on-one with people and we talk about things that I research. Uh, So we're talking about UFOs and slash UAPs. We're talking about ancient aliens, crop circles, witchcraft, just all kinds of stuff. So it's just a, it's one of those fun shows. If you ever wanted to know who made the pyramids or you just don't care and you just are bored and need something to listen to you know check out the crystal's imagination talk show so crystal you know again i mentioned this before you have a certain as the french say a je ne sais quoi you know a gravitas if you will and in this particular <laughs> it's true in this particular matchup you are again definitely the adult in the room wow. what is your what what is going through your head what what kind of cool techniques as a judge will be bringing into play you know to keep both ray and i under control we're we're gonna do some law and order here tonight. Yeah, Uh-oh. there's 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 gonna be there's gonna mm. be some some a little bit a little bit of law and order. I expect you boys to bring your A game to this matchup because these are two. I'm familiar with both these characters. They're two like amazing just martial artists. So I just yeah, I expect you guys to be at the top of your game. I expect James for you to not try to cheat. Please take your hundred dollars back. That's way too low of a bribe. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you. Finally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ray, you're going to have to do more than just yell. You're actually going to have to form coherent sentences. And yeah. Ooh, less troubling. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a new thing. Yeah. 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 You know what, Crystal? Um, <laughs> I'm not convinced that I will. Okay. <laughs> You, know right. you do you, boo. You do you. Crystal, you know. that that $100 doesn't look so bad, does it? <laughs> like 125 We can do like $125. Yeah, okay. okay, you yeah. got it. I'll Venmo yeah, yeah. that to you shortly. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, cool. So listen, Ray, Crystal, we can't have a, the better formula for a better formula for the matchup. Uh, you know, we have two great characters. We've got Ray, we got James, and finally, finally, Crystal the Storm is back on Who Would Win. I am beyond excited for this matchup. So with all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's battle. Representing DC Comics, the master thief who is often the perpetrator of some impossible crimes, but she is known all over as a formidable opponent, literally. Whatever, that was hysterical. Catwoman. And representing Ubisoft, the master assassin who works in the dark to serve the light. So if the killing thing doesn't work out, he's ready to be an electrician. Ezio Auditore. Uh, <laughs> so your, uh, your puns are spectacular. Oh, Phenomenal. One point for every pun. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I, I, just, I just declared victory right now. But, you know, let's go through the match. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. All right. Now, well done, Ray. And I'm using air quotes around well done. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win matchup. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality. And the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, now... You tell me what version. I know it's Ezio from Assassin's Creed, but I know there's some short you know, films. There's some other stuff going on. What is the exact version of Ezio that you'll be using? Look, I'm going to be really sticking to the video game version of Ezio. It's sort of the way you got to go here. Now, he is the main character of the three games. He essentially anchors three games. You have Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, and Assassin's Creed Revelations he's also a part of. And so I'm really going to be looking at those three games in particular as where I draw my Ezio from. But you're right. He's part of short films and stories and I believe some novels out there even. There's a lot of Ezio stuff, but I'm really going to try to stick to the video games. Just like Ezio, there's a lot of versions of Catwoman. You know, we've seen Catwoman from the uh, classic animated Batman series. We've seen Catwoman from what I felt was the, the Goodfellas Godfather movie for comic books. Catwoman starring Halle Berry back the in best, 2004. Best best movie I've ever seen in my life. But oddly enough, I'm going to ignore all those versions and I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a risk here. Whoa. And I'm going to go with current Don't DC Comics. I'm doing it, Ray. Oh, oh, it's done. Oh, it's done. I'm doing the DC Comics current version of Catwoman. Holy it's crap. A, crazy. I'm doing it. Rule number 4. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number 5. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Now, before we get started, really, do yourself a favor. Don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store. Get your official Hoodwin t-shirts, your mugs, your merchandise, your cool stuff by going to hoodwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new merch all the time. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. 
Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with every plate. America's best value meal kit. The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a break. Every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients, and each recipe couldn't be easier to follow. With every plate, you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. And all that for the same price as one cup of coffee. It's assuredly cheaper than that pumpkin spice latte. Last week, my family challenged me to make something great for dinner. So I ordered the amazing hibachi-style steak rice bowls from every plate for my family, Super easy and super quick to prepare, by the way. Now, my entire family thinks I'm an amazing cook. And thanks to every plate, you know what? They're not wrong. Each meal gives you simple step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients to make it fast and easy. Hey, I've said it before. If you can build a bookshelf, you can make a great meal with every plate. And the choices are varied. I've personally made crispy Caesar chicken, pork and poblano tacos, and bibimbap. And all of the above turned out absolutely fantastic. Get started with EveryPlate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. That's just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. Try this offer and you'll see firsthand why EveryPlate is America's best value meal kit. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Ezio from Assassin's Creed. Ezio Auditore da Firenze was a Florentine nobleman during the Renaissance who also served as a master assassin and mentor to the Italian Brotherhood of Assassins. He first appeared in the short film Assassin's Creed Lineage in 2009 before soon making his video game debut in Assassin's Creed 2 that same year. Ezio was a carefree nobleman living his best life up until the age of 17, when his father and two brothers are hung and killed, taking the blame despite being innocent for a murder plot of the leader of Florence. It is through this that Ezio discovers that he is of the secret assassin's bloodline and exacts his revenge on everyone involved in the plot against his family and a whole bunch of Templars along the way. Fun fact, Ezio has plenty in common with Batman. From hiding on rooftops to losing his father right in front of him to wearing a cape even. 
but he may even have more in common than that. For the lead writer of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Jeffrey Yohalem, has said that the character's growth and personality were inspired in part by the movie Up in the Air and actor George Clooney's character in that movie, Ryan Bingham. So there we go. Ezio is officially Batman. And that is Ezio Auditore. Wait, you're saying Ezio is officially connected with the um, George Clooney version of Batman? If you could be connected with any version of Batman, I think that's pretty good. No, I'm going to disagree, actually. I'm going to disagree. There's one version of Batman you don't want to be connected with. It's that one. And you know who doesn't want to be connected with that version of Batman? George Clooney. He himself has said he'd rather he would. He offers refunds to people who say, hey, I wasted 10 bucks on your movie. It's been said before that George Clooney was a good Batman in a bad Batman movie. And some people say that. I I would say that. I, Mm I Val Kilmer was also not the best Batman. I think that one was so bad that nobody even remembers that Val Kilmer was Batman. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right. You know, we we shouldn't beat up on poor George Clooney. He does a lot of good things in the world. I think he'll be okay, James. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. I actually saw him in a bar in Montreal uh, like a few months after Batman came out. And I wanted to go up to him. I was so angry when I saw him. I'm like, I got to tell this guy he sucks. And uh, luckily, luckily, a few people said, maybe not a good idea. Uh, mm-hmm. And it turns out he's a nice guy. So I'm glad I didn't do it. You know, sucked as Batman. <laughs> anyway, with that being said, here are the details for Catwoman. Now, Catwoman originally called The Cat, debuted in Batman number one in the spring of 1940, and was created by Bill Finger and, of course, Bob Kane. Catwoman, whose real name is Selena Kyle, is a cat-themed master thief who is the on-again, off-again, and now on-again love interest of Batman. Unlike other members of Batman's rose gallery, Catwoman straddled the line of hero and villain as she avoided hurting and killing innocent people when committing heist. Now a fully committed member of the Bat family, Catwoman is a pure anti-hero who helps keep both Gotham and and the rest of the world safe. And here's an interesting fact about Catwoman. Did you know that at one point she was banned from comic books completely? It's true. The Comic Code Authority was created in 1954 with the intent on removing nudity, crime, horror, and all things they deemed bad from comic books. Again, that was 1954. So evidently they felt Catwoman went against their code. As a result, the writers of Batman had to outright write her out of comics because she glamorized crime, which was a big no-no at the time. To rectify this, Batman comics changed direction. I don't know if you recall, in the 50s and then 60s, it got really campy, which I guess was the inspiration for the Batman TV series in the 60s. Uh, And that was what we saw from that era. Turns out that comic books in the 50s and 60s had the same bad influence over kids that video games have over kids today, according Mm -hmm. to what some people say. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Crystal, do you have any questions before we get started? No, I'm actually very interested to hear about this version of Catwoman, considering um, Ray's face. And uh, I feel like, James, I also need to take away a point from you for disrespecting Catwoman so much that you brought up Holly Berry, but you didn't bring up the ultimate Catwoman, who is Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what? I think the ultimate Catwoman is going to be Zoe Kravitz. Wow. There, I said it. Well, okay. Okay. She's, she's got some shoes to fill. It might oh, be. Yeah. It might. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. That is, that is TBD. That is that is With no disrespect to Michelle Pfeiffer, by the way. She was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Amazing. I like okay. how none of us even bother to mention Anne Hathaway. Yeah, she wasn't that, that. bad. I'm a big <laughs> Anne Hathaway fan. Yeah, uh, I I'm a huge Anne Hathaway. Yeah. I don't. Maybe, you know, decent, much like George Clooney, decent Catwoman, bad Catwoman movie. I just pretend that last Christopher Nolan Batman movie didn't happen. It was a bad dream. Am I right, Bane? I'm with it. 
Okay, we all agree with this. Okay, so with all that being said, Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Ezio Auditore, and we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be a master assassin and the skill tree that he brings with him to the table because he kills people. Let's just start there right away. Catwoman doesn't kill people. Ezio Auditore kills a lot of people, and he does it without really thinking twice about it. I'm so excited to hear that Catwoman has joined the Bat family because that takes one strong thing that she possibly could have had in her favor off the table. So he's an assassin, which means that he has a lot of natural skills that he has learned. And among those skills are the ability to climb, first off. Now, climbing in itself probably isn't going to help you a lot in a fight. I think we can agree with that. But his ability to pretty much go up any single building, four or five stories high, clock towers, and, and sit above the city and look, that's going to help your core strength. That's going to help your endurance. So one thing that I think Ezio has over Catwoman is a long, high level of endurance. Be from doing all of this climbing over all these buildings and sheer rock walls that he just manages to get over. He also is very, very good at parkour. Now, who knew back during the Renaissance anybody was doing parkour? Well, the assassins were. So he has the ability to do highly acrobatic moves of jumping, flipping, flying off of walls, flying over beams, under people, over people. And he's doing all of these jumpy, flippy maneuvers that you would expect a character like a Batman to do, quite frankly, and even a Catwoman to do. So one th another thing that Catwoman, I think, would naturally have on her side in a battle like this would be a strong agility and a strong ability to kind of jump and flip all over the place. But Ezio, I believe, can match her move for move into all of those ways. Another thing he can do is hide. Now, one important thing is this might not necessarily turn out to be a frontal battle one-on-one -on -one as it goes. These are two characters who definitely would use deception, usually try to hide in the crowd against each other, and try to maybe jump out at the other person and hit them from behind when they're not looking. Ezio Auditore is the master of this kind of combat. He has the ability to hide in crowds. He has the ability to hide in hay. He has the ability to hide wherever the heck he finds a place that he can hide from. And for some reason, trained guards cannot find him, even though he's two feet away from them at any given time. And he also has mastered the art of striking from those places and doing kill shots when he does. Another part of the training is he's trained to disarm. He normally carries, and I'll talk about this in my point number two, but he normally is a swordsman. And he often carries a sword and has other uh, type items with him. But he's trained to disarm his opponent. So if Catwoman is trying to hit him with her whip or any of her other tricks, he is trained to knock that weapon out of her hand. And one thing that I've learned is if one character has weapons and the other character has been disarmed and does not have weapons, the guy with the weapons probably has a pretty strong advantage in this battle. Last few things to talk about. He's constantly defeating not one person, but he's constantly defeating multiple opponents at the same time, be they guards or Vatican guards, pit fighters in a, in a fighting ring, Templars, and even soldiers in the military. He fights all of them multiples at the same time. I've seen a live action video of him where he's actually fighting almost an entire army, just carving and flipping his way through the entire group. He's also been known to dodge bullets in case you don't think he's fast. Now, granted, these are old timey flintlock kind of old timey <laughs> pistols, but he still was able to dodge out of the way of that and also cannonballs. So if she tries to throw like bombs and stuff at him, he's got a very good chance of getting out of the way. He is not a slow character. Last thing to mention is something called Eagle Vision. Eagle Vision is a skill that the assassins learn, which allows them to sort of tune out most of the world around him and only focus on their opponents, their enemies and their friends.
which means that if we do get into a hiding scenario where they're trying to hide from each other, she is going to be glowing red from the eagle vision in the eyes of Ezio Auditore, and she will not be able to hide from him, but he will be able to hide from her. And that's my point number one. Wow. So I'm going to kind of steal a quote from Ray and say there's a lot of nonsense in these points. And nonsense. Ray, you spell that, I believe, N-O-N-S-I-N-S-E. Nonsense. Okay, so first of all, she dodges old-timey bullets. These are like bullets that are probably the size of balls being shot from a flint gun where you can't – you've got to like shoot them, then hold them, pack in the gunpowder, take a stick, pack that in, reload, right? So These, are, they- these are one-shot weapons that take a long time to reload. And the reason I bring it up is, one, because Catwoman won't necessarily be firing guns. That's not a thing I know her to do. But she does often throw projectiles and thrown weapons. And I have to believe one of those pistols is probably coming with the same velocity as a thrown weapon from Catwoman. Sure, but not the second one. Because Catwoman won't wait 10 minutes to pack the fire stuff. That's fair. Okay. Also, he's got an ability to climb. Good mention. He also has a high level of endurance. Is this like 15th century endurance where they understand like high intensity interval training? Or is it just more like he's, he's, I mean, all kidding aside, I get it. He's in great shape. He's got great core strength. Actually, kind of fun that you mentioned that. Finally, you know. Pressed the wrong button on the controller. That's fair. Ezio. (laughs) <laughs> now, this is an interesting question. Is Ezio's core competency his, an, as an assassin or as a fighter? His, well, I would say he is his core competency is as an assassin, but part of that is he had to learn to fight. There is combat training all over the place in this assassin's training because often they get jumped by these Templars who are knights and no sword combat, and they have to be able to hold their own or they won't last very long. Okay, the most impressive thing, I, I like the eagle vision. That's cool. Uh, Catwoman, of course, being, and I'll explain this my point number one, has something very similar in terms of an ability, you know, through her own training experience, never mind having that heightened with Batman. But the most impressive thing you mentioned, Ray, the most impressive thing, and I made sure to note this, is that he can hide in hay. Yes. Now, I got to tell you, I do a lot of research for these characters. And the one factor I did not consider is the fact that he could hide in hay. I'm not saying that's Catwoman's downfall because it's not. It's not. It's just call the fight here. She's not ready for. She's not ready for hay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, hey! All right, here we go. Let me go to my point number one, and uh, you know, let's just break down Catwoman, shall we? So Catwoman's not listed as superhuman, but with what she's been able to do and all of their abilities and her mindset, she may as well be considered superhuman. So this is a person who is so badass that she said, you know, I've got to confront my true fear. So she goes to the scarecrow, who's, you know, the master of fear and has fear toxins and says, give me your fear toxins. Scarecrow's like, takes it out. Well, I'm not sure. She grabs it from him, stabs herself in the arm with the needle, pumps that stuff into her, and she waits. She's like, oh, there's my fear. Let me confront it. Yeah, I did it. Good. I'm glad I'm past that. By the way, side note, her fear wasn't some slimy, slimy, crawly thing that came out of a wall or a past traumatic experience. It was her fear of codependency. I didn't know that was an easy thing to get over. I didn't even know that was a fear, but that's her thing. She just confronted it and is over it. Now, let's talk about the obvious here. She is a thief. She may be the best thief in DC Comics, in the DC Universe. She can get in and out of anywhere undetected. Speaking about someone who you can't see coming. She knows how to stay hidden and how to disappear and reappear in front of people. She's pulling that Batman stunt in front of people like 
Batman. That's how good her stealth is. Of course, she's a master of stealth, but how stealthy is she? Well, it's not just that she can disappear and reappear. When she's in front of people, she can do stuff that they're not aware of whatsoever. So remember, this is actually a fun little thing. Catwoman is confronting Green Lantern, and as they're kind of going at it, all of a sudden, Green Lantern's like, why is my power ring not working anymore? And Catwoman's like, well, because, I don't know, maybe I've got it, and she was wearing it. She took the ring off of Green Lantern's hand and put it on herself before Green Lantern even noticed it was gone. By the way, what's even more impressive than that? Oh, she did the same thing with Batman's utility belt. Now, this was in front of Batman. Batman knew what she was doing, but just couldn't stop it. Sure enough, she took the belt. Batman's like, what are you doing? She got it in front of Batman. That's with Batman looking at her directly, and he couldn't stop her. Look, you're talking about speed. Catwoman is fast. She's listed at being even faster uh, than a panther because she outraced one over rooftops in a race, which is kind of weird. Batman made it clear that, you know, she he considers her to be faster than him, which means she's not just fast. She's also agile and super hard to hit. She's also an insane acrobat, and she would do parkour if she felt parkour wouldn't slow her down. She's got her own style of traversing the rooftops. She uses her whip to kind of get across at almost superhuman speed. More on that later. So there's these two characters within DC Comics that fired guns at her. I appreciate that these single shot guns fired at Ezio didn't hit because he was fast enough to dodge, but you know who uh, Deathstroke is and Deadshot. These are two of the top marksmen or marks people within the DC universe who are great at firing guns. They have a superhuman level of accuracy. They shot guns at Catwoman, you know, individually two different times at point blank range and she got them to miss. She dodged those bullets that were coming out of rapid fire from two of the best Marsh people within DC Comics. Let's see what else she got. She's also super accurate. She's got projectiles and other stuff she can do. She's got super accuracy where she can hit stuff from very far distances at multiple times super fast. She's a master fighter. Look, she was trained, without going into too much detail, she was trained by some of the best fighters in the DC universe, including Batman, including Wildcat, who's considered one of the best street fighters of all time. She knows how to take a hit, and the really cool part, she knows how to use her acrobatics to hit while in motion. So all of a sudden, what the force she hits with is way stronger than a regular person. Now, on top of that, she's super strong, or she's strong for a person. She can catch someone in midair as she's on her whip. Very impressive feat. And on top of all that, she's super smart, super resourceful, and can analyze an opponent in seconds and come up with a way to beat him. You know why? Because she was taught how to do that by Batman. Plus, she already knew that how to do that on her own. You got to ask yourself why Batman considers Catwoman as an ally and as an equal. Add up everything I just said and mentioned about Catwoman, and you can understand why. That's my point number one. You brought up some really interesting things, James. You know, you brought up the whole, she ripped the ring off of Green Lantern and she ripped the belt. How do you rip the utility belt off of Batman without Batman noticing? What weird fever dream comic did this come from? I have to ask. It's, it's such a bizarre outlier of anything she's ever done. I find that very, very hard to believe. I'm sure you'll have more details later. Fill me in on this, please, because I feel like somebody got their second shot of the COVID vaccine and they were feeling a little loopy that night and and that's where that story came from. Here's the thing, you know, as ridiculous as those feats sound, because they kind of sound surreal, even for Catwoman. This is a character who, real quick story, Lex Luthor goes to Gotham and sets up some kind of type of criminal enterprise disguised as legitimate business activity. Catwoman hears about it, takes difference with it for some reason, and stops all of it. Lex Luthor contacts Catwoman and says, hey, why are you doing this? I need you to stop. Catwoman says to Lex Luthor, well, you didn't ask nicely. So Lex Luthor said, okay, please, can, or can you stop doing this? And the Catwoman says, I didn't hear you say please. So Lex Luthor's like, uh, please, can you stop? And she's like, maybe, and takes off. She did that to Lex Luthor. This is not a regular street level oh, hero please, we're talking James. about. 
If we're talking about Moxie, she's got it in spades, but that's not a combat feat. Being sassy with Lex Luthor is not going to help you in a battle against Ezio Auditore, for gosh sakes. Now, when you speak about Catwoman, one other thing that I just wanted to mention real, real quick is, you know, oh, she's been trained by Batman. It feels like everyone in the DC universe at this point has been trained by Batman. They still do lose fights all over the place. For example, Catwoman has lost to Deathstroke. You brought up that example earlier. Deathstroke, I believe, left her for dead after absolutely obliterating her. So Deathstroke, another very, very powerful, I don't know, assassin character. Just saying. Got it. A super soldier fueled, super powered, possibly immortal uh, mercenary with a healing factor and you're with impenetrable armor and every high tech weapon you think of Mm -hmm. is the same as a 15th century assassin. Great comparison right now. I don't think so, James, but you're saying it. So I have to agree. So Crystal Storm, (laughs) you've heard point number one from Ray. You've heard point number one from me. I hope you've got what it takes. I know you do, by the way, to keep us under control. Where's your head at with this battle so far? So far, I, I'm liking the way you guys are debating your points. Uh, they're, they're, these two characters are lining up really well. Uh, I'll say, uh, Ray, I don't know how strong a point it is that something out of the comics is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, yes, it is, but I still kind of have to accept it because it happened. So... Did it, though? When you have something that's that <laughs> I mean, bizarre an outlier that has nothing to do with the character as we know it, I mean, can Ray, you call it's... it an outlier and believe like, oh, that's not something that I, I should be taking taking seriously much like I mean, muhammad ali beating up superman in a boxing ring you know first of all right. you can never never doubt stuff. that right. outcome never right. doubt you that can, outcome you know mm-hmm. stuff happens you know sometimes you're rolling at one sometimes you're rolling at 20 like i don't That's you know it's <laughs> so i'm not yeah. i'm not sure what that means by the way but I, i'll go with it is that a That's dungeons and dragons thing okay another point away from james okay. yeah so you got it one, yeah. one, one, one to one to rate because he knew what i was talking about okay. got it that's fair mm-hmm. yeah that's fair right. i would deduct two points but whatever that's yeah. you. okay you guys are really neck and neck you're presenting the characters really well but yeah i want to i want to see some some really strong uh some really strong counter i want you to see some really strong counter arguments on that cross oh, on wow. that cross to really debate these points yeah definitely wow i so i thought you'd be here keeping us contained and fighting like you know civilized people you're actually saying mm-hmm. the opposite you want us well, to tear into each other fine by me crystal let's do yeah. it's on <laughs> It is yeah. on. I mean, I feel like you could do this in a civilized way. I know, James, that you earlier you mentioned you were going to eat, Ray. I don't think you need to do that. And, and I, you know, I just think that there needs to be, uh, yeah, there's little needs to be a little, little, little blood on the floor for this one. Oh, there'll okay. be blood. There'll yeah. be blood. With these two characters, there's going to be plenty of blood. With right. that being said, Ray, go ahead and answer with your point number two. Point number two for Ezio Auditore. Let's talk about some of the equipment that he brings to the table. Now, we're not talking about weird power rings that can just get taken off of your hand. It feels like that happens to the Green Lantern twice every Thursday at this point from doing the show. Seems to happen a whole heck of a lot. Well, (laughs) Ezio brings with him a whole host of assassin weapons, okay? So he starts off, he is a swordsman. So he uses what's called the captain's sword. Now, a character with a sword against a character with a whip If those are the two places that we're going to go, one is sharp and can cut through the whip and cut through the person holding the whip, and the other one can leave you little stingies on the shoulder from time to time. I have to believe a master swordsman going up against a master whipologist, I assume they're called, the swordsman is going to have every advantage in that area. But he brings so much more to the table. He has throwing knives. 
He's got throwing knives and poison darts and poison blades. He poisons his sword as well. So he doesn't have to get a lot of hits on you to bring you down. Catwoman has shown that she can be affected by poison. In one particular storyline, she was taken in by Poison Ivy, who had no problem using her toxins to control Catwoman and do what she wanted her to do. So we know that she's not immune to poison or anything like that. So the poisons in the darts and the blades will absolutely bring her down. And often he'll hit you with them. You have about one minute and that's it. You're gone after that one minute, which gives him a chance to walk away safely all the way. He also has hidden blades. Now the hidden blades are very, very important to the assassin's character. They hold them sort of on their wrist area and they're hidden underneath their cloaks. So the fact is you do not know they're there. There's no way to know that they're coming. They use them in combat and for assassinations. They often will jump from a high place, landing on the person, and pop, blade goes through a very, very vital organ, the chest, the neck, what have you. The blade comes out with a little flick of their finger, and that person is gone. But additionally, they will use them in combat as well. If they go in for a strike, they go for what's called a palm strike. You might know that from some martial arts things. Not necessarily a punch, but they go for a very, very simple strike to the midsection, which they can get away with because a lot of people feel like, oh, I'll, I'll lower the blow, I'll block the blow. But once they make that contact, they flick and the blade goes into their body. And Catwoman's not wearing very, very powerful armor. So if she gets hit in a very particular spot with one of these punches, that turns into a fatal blow from the hidden blades. But additionally, we talked about pistols a little bit earlier. Hidden pistols are also a thing that Ezio is known for. In fact, sometimes he's known for carrying a sword and a pistol into combat. And if that goes south, he has the hidden blades and a hidden pistol on top of it. So he is packed to the nines. We're basically talking about the 1500s version of the Punisher here. Armed to bear, ready to fight. And he knows what to do with all of his weapons. Those hidden pistols, he really only gets one shot off. But if it's at close enough range... Ball game is over. And the last things to mention here, he has the armor of Altier, which is something that he has worn in the video games. That is a steel armor plate that covers his vital areas, but he otherwise would wear his cloaks around it so he could hide and move very, very well. He wants to make sure his combat speed and his combat mobility is not hindered by his armor. But if Catwoman does try to strike him in a very, very honest spot in the middle... He's going to have steel armor that's going to protect him, which is very, very important. And the last thing to mention here, all the weapons that I talked about and, and, and all of the above were created by, wait for it, Leonardo da Vinci. Yes, that Leonardo da Vinci actually serves as, if you remember James Bond had Q, who made all of his weapons and tech, Leonardo da Vinci is friends with Ezio Auditore and made all of the different items and weapons that he has. So you talk about it being like, Oh, it's an old-timey kind of a weapon? Well, if it was created by Leonardo da Vinci, who invented the helicopter, among other things, these are going to be much, much more state-of-the-art than you think they would be given the time frame they occur in. And that's my point number two. I love the fact that Leonardo da Vinci is kind of like his cue, right? I think that's mm -hmm. fantastic. And this takes place in the 15th century, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, it's, it's the, I believe, 1400s, 50, early 1500s. Okay, so let's say it's 200 years advanced technology that he's using. Let's give him 200 years. I don't even think it's that advanced. Let's say it's 200 years advanced technology. He's using technology from the 17th century at best. Would that be a correct statement? No, because, you know, Leonardo da Vinci invented flying machines, and those were seen in the 1800s. That being said, a blade is still sharp regardless of what year it came from. 
Got it. Got it. So yeah, 200 years, 1700s. Okay, that's cool. You also talk about, I love how you talk about the palm strike and it's kind of like a palm strike disguised as a knife attack if they call into it. The one thing about Catwoman that's really interesting about her character is that whenever a gun is presented, she sees it. She has to stop herself from laughing. That's actually a part of her character. She sees a gun and she starts laughing about how useless that gun is going to be against her. Like she, she's really got to like, oh my god, that's adorable. You're gonna try anyway. You're dead. So that's that's a part of her. So if she sees any gun or, or hears it, whatever. Remember, you're talking about someone who's dealing with the most advanced type of weaponry from the 21st century. She'll be able to detect guns, what have you, and dodge them. She's got that cat sense, whatever it is. Let's see. In terms of the sword. What's interesting is a sword versus a whip, you know, and I do a lot of weapons work. You got to talk about the effect of range. Now, the sword, which is great. I know he's a master of it. Is ha- like, how big is that sword? Is it about two and a half feet t- long, three feet? Like, what's the I length mean, I, of that I sword? I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. Okay. So it's two and a half feet to three feet versus a whip that is at least, what, 10 to 12 feet, probably longer, maybe 15 feet. The range goes to Catwoman and she's very, very, she's an expert with it. She's a master with it. If she sees someone with a sword and she's like, nah, I'm not going to get near him. She's not getting near him. She'll keep herself away. Remember, she's super fast as well. All right. With all of those good points you brought up, because some of them are really good, let me go to my point number two, which mirrors your point number two, and let's talk about her weapons and her equipment. So again, we're going to talk about her whip. Now, her bullwhip is not a standard bullwhip. It's actually high-grade metal. It could be a high-grade steel, and her whip itself can destroy steel, hard metals, the whole, you name it, she can tear through it with that whip. One of my favorite things she did with it, there's a helicopter that was taking off, and if they see someone with the whip, you think they're going to whip, you know, put the whip onto like one of the um, pedestals of the helicopter no she whips it at the rotors of the helicopter destroys the rotors and causes the helicopter to come crashing down and her whip is absolutely fine that's a pretty strong whip by the way her costume has been upgraded it's now bulletproof it's now uh, resistance to edge weapons uh, swords and can even tank small explosions and even bigger explosions she often she's often seen walking away after being hit by an explosion she gets blown back she gets up and she's okay and tanks it and just walks off she has retractable claws on her gloves and her boots now, these gloves help her with climbing. You were mentioning Ensio's a great climber. So is Catwoman. But these claws are strong enough to rip through Batman's armor on his suit as well and cause him to bleed. Literally tear through his armor, which is bulletproof, you know, uh, you know, stabby-proof, whatever you want to call it. And he rips through, she rips through it. She's got mini explosives that are really super powerful. She can throw them. They're very similar to Batman's mini grenades. And she's an expert at throwing them at distances, getting out of the way of the explosion, and hitting someone with those. She's got smoke grenades that make it hard for people to breathe and see and that are kind of and, and you know, envelop a whole area. She's got handheld lasers, and this is something that she uses for breaking and entering, clearly, but she can also use that as an offensive weapon where she's up close with someone and just blast them up close, you know, into like a, a body part, what have you. She's got these caltrops. I mentioned this before. These are these three spike things that where if someone's chasing after you, you throw them on the ground, and when they run over them, their feet get stabbed with this, and it causes them to stop chasing after them. She uses those like an expert. She's got knockout gas to take out opponents in either small areas or large areas and if that wasn't enough all of her equipment has been upgraded with by batman remember she's been part of the bat family now for probably six years or so so batman has upgraded all of her stuff she's got anti-poison or or toxic or whatever it is antidotes towards poisons just like batman has in his utility belt she's got batarangs or something that look like batarangs which one's a remote control batarang i know it's ridiculous she's got one that emits a sonic blast that disorients people and causes them to fall down she's got a grappling rope and line that can shoot similar to batman and and again Ezio's got great weaponry from Leonardo da Vinci, but it's probably what? 
1700th kind of thing. How does that compare with 21st century tech weapons and armor that Catwoman is using that she has all over her body? That's the question I got to ask. And that's my point number two. No, you're saying a lot of really good things in here. Now, if you're talking about who has the technological advantage, you have to say Catwoman. And that's why it's very, very important to remember that Ezio Auditore has a more spiritual advantage. He has abilities such as the Eagle Sight, which could easily be more important than a tech that might be able to find somebody if he can just flick his eyes and she will start glowing red in the darkness. Boy, does that set him up to be a much larger advantage than any sort of weird batarang thing. And plus, you know, Catwoman, she's not necessarily, I'm sorry, you're bringing it up. It has happened. But if we think about Catwoman, as we know her, we don't see her wearing a Batman utility belt, rocking around with batarangs and bat homing devices and, and the bat grappling hook. These are just not the things that we know Catwoman to be. So I appreciate you trying to bring up a lot of stuff from the comics that's obviously why you're here and god bless you for it james gavsey but you're bringing out a lot of outliers right now and not really getting to the core of who catwoman is and that is a very very strong acrobat a very very strong thief but not necessarily somebody who's going to win a knockdown drag out fight if it comes to it she's much more the kind of character who tries to strike once and get away than she is somebody who's going to stand over your defeated body you know, I'd say those are all really good observations and uh, assertions of Catwoman up until probably the 19 mid-80s. Since then, she's taken a very interesting turn. She went from villain to anti-hero. Now she's mm-hmm. full-blown hero. And as a result, if you and, and you know, if you think about Nightwing, Nightwing in his iteration, the former Robin, uh, Dick Grayson, he doesn't have a utility belt, but he has hidden compartments all over his costume that contain the knockout gas, the grenades, and what have you. Catwoman has that kind of stuff. She's been known to use all the stuff for at least the past 10 years or so but i get where you're coming from you know the characters it's hard to kind of take Ezio and catwoman and kind of say compromise you know and say they're just this or just that they are so versatile it's freakishly hard now crystal we're at the turning point you've heard two points from ray you've heard two points from me you haven't heard us try to tear each other apart because i think we respect each other's characters that we're representing so much where is your head at right now who is ahead in this battle and what does the other side have to do to pull out a victory yeah 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 yeah. so where i'm at right now is you guys are doing a really good job of presenting these character strengths and that's what I'm hearing a lot about on cross. I would like to see in the third round what I think needs to happen a lot more is really you guys attacking these characters' weaknesses. And I'm not one of those judges to, that's going to make the point for you. Um, but there's very there's I'll say it at the end. But there's something interesting that I keep hearing about Catwoman that Ray isn't taking advantage of, and I'm curious if he'll do it later. I will say that right now I'm edging towards Catwoman mostly because of the technological advantage. James, you brought up a really good point about her suit, so I'm very curious as to how Ezio is going to counter that because he is he does have a little bit of a disadvantage there him being 15th century so even if he is able to sneak up on her and you know try to do one of those knife things is it going to penetrate that armor how is he going to have to approach a, a, a opponent who is basically more technologically advanced as he is ray you also brought up another point about the eagle eye having the advantage and i can see that but if you're going to hammer in that point i need to know a little bit more about how that's really going to give him the tactical advantage if she can do the same thing or if he's going to see her and then sneak up on her or how is because i'm familiar with the eagle eye because i played the games but i'm curious Mm -hmm. as to how you're going to try to work that in or if you were just making a cross point so yeah i want to let's go right round three let's let's bring it let's bring it in 
Ooh, all right. So we're very, very close to this, Ray. We've been here a billion times before. No exaggeration, of course. We've had a billion episodes of Who Would Win. I'm happy I've got a slight edge with Catwoman, but I'm not resting easy. So with that being said, go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Point number three for Ezio Auditore. I just call this point why he is going to win. And that's because there's just more going on with Ezio than there is with Catwoman. Now, the first thing I want to talk about, Catwoman is a very, very athletic character, but she is a human. She's not an enhanced human in any way. She hasn't displayed necessarily peak human abilities at any time, but Ezio Auditore has. He's shown himself to have peak levels of endurance, again, from uh, the climbing and what have you, but also peak human strength. And the way he demonstrated this was there was one moment that really stuck in my mind during the Assassin's Creed games, when there was a wagon that was crashed and they needed to have the wheel changed, I believe, on it. That wagon was filled with all of Leonardo da Vinci's inventions, the helicopter among them. So very, very heavy things in there. Ezio just walked over to it and casually, without straining, lifted it up off the ground so that it could be fixed, so that the wheel could be changed on it, so that way he could get it. Now that thing must have weighed a crazy amount, but Ezio just casually walking over to it and lifting it up means that he must have peak level strength. We know he doesn't have super soldier serum, but he must have the highest level a human could have to be able to do a strength feat such as that. I mentioned before, Catwoman doesn't kill. And I knew Catwoman didn't kill before I even knew that she was trying to really get in good with the Bat family. When you're trying to get in good with the Bat family, you really can't kill. So when you have one character who's had no problem with killing, kills like it's going out of business, killing like it's his job, because it is... And the other one who flat out refuses to do it, the person who's quote unquote willing to go there is the one that's going to have the advantage. Now, he's also a very, very creative assassin. He'll come at you from all different angles and he'll come at you in ways that you never saw coming. He likes to stalk and get behind his opponents and then tag them and one shot them before they even know what the heck is going on. He's also a dirty fighter. He has no problem throwing sand in your eyes if that's something that he needs to do to get out of a situation or weaken you for a killing blow. Again, very, very creative. I haven't necessarily seen Selena Kyle be as creative or or even necessarily as dirty. She's usually trying to rely on her natural gifts, we'll say, to try to get the men in the in the room to fall in love with her, we'll say, and maybe not want to hit her. That is not a problem for Ezio Auditore. If she's the enemy with no emotion, he will absolutely have no problem to bring her down. But he also picked up an item called the Apple of Eden. And the Apple of Eden is a very, very interesting mystical item because it has what's called a mind control blast. He's able to use it to send out a a blast which controls people's minds. And again, Poison Ivy with her pheromones was able to hurt Catwoman and take advantage of her and make her bend to her will. The Apple of Eden at the end of the day could 100% mind control Catwoman and make it so she's easily incapacitated, among other things, allowing Ezio to walk away safely. Plus, the Apple of Eden has shown the ability to create clones of yourself. So you're not just fighting one person. Theoretically, if we're going to take it to its natural conclusion, if he has the Apple of Eden, which is an item that he does have, if we're going to talk about her having batarangs, I think it's fair to say Ezio has the Apple of Eden. He can mind control her, he can create clones of himself, and he can completely overwhelm her in this battle. And that's my point number three. Interesting. Okay, so you're saying Ezio is peak level human. Um, I could, in terms of strength, I could kind of see the argument for that. Um, you know, 
how heavy was the wagon? You know, I'm not even ask how heavy the wagon was. So here's heavy. the thing. It was heavy. We'll go with heavy. Here's the thing. Catwoman would only be accepted within the Bat family, really, if she's put herself through all the additional training that Batman puts the Bat family through. He is known for this. And he's known for saying, we're going to go through every contingency, every possibility, everything we can think of, and then more. And you need to be as prepared as possible. The training is almost psychotic. This is known throughout the DC Universe. It's known throughout comics. So in terms of- But he's also in love with her. So maybe he lets her get by with a little bit more slack than his other students- um, I'm glad to see you understand Batman, not at all. In fact, it's the opposite for Catwoman. He actually holds her to higher standards. But, you know, here's the thing. Let's talk about that Apple of Eden because I, I researched that a little bit. Now, when he created clones of himself, how many times did he do that? I think it was just in the one battle. Oh, interesting. Okay, so it's a one-off. Interesting. And in that battle, was he victorious with his clones? Well, I mean, he tends to win everywhere he goes, James, so I wouldn't worry about that. I gotcha. So just a simple yes or no answer would be interesting if he was successful with these clones. I mean, I believe that uh, we won the game, therefore therefore he was (laughs) successful. So according to the storytelling, he actually lost that battle. I don't even know what the character was. Definitely looked like a religious character who is, I think, in his 60s. Is that correct? Well, and that's I mean, fine. when you have a super-powered pope, there's very little you can do against somebody that strong. Saying a super-powered pope is kind of like, you know, a redundant thing, isn't it? Like pope, I thought the pope had superpowers. Now, also, in terms of the mind control, how often did he use that? You know, he's, he's used it on occasion. Um, he only had the Apple of Eden for a set period of time, uh, if I remember the storylines correctly. So he had opportunities to use it, but didn't necessarily have it for a long, long period of time. But it is an essential piece to his character because so many storylines revolve around it. Got it. And then was this something he has like now? In, or was this something he had? Well, James, in unfortunately, he died in the 1500s, so no, he does not have it now. Did he have it in the first video game, second and third that he appeared in? I want to say he had it in multiple games at a certain point, but I'd have to go back and look at that again. Got it. So that is in question. As far as the mind control goes, the good thing is Batman's actually taken some steps with Poison Ivy so that in future battles, Catwoman actually has wins over Poison Ivy and knows how to avoid her mind control and what have you. So let me go to with, my point with, uh, with Obviously, with, with prep. Well, the thing is with Batman, you you know, after you have one encounter, you, he goes hmm. back to the Batcave and is like, okay, let's figure out how to deal with this later on. And yeah. James, are we arguing the second encounter here? I'm confused. With Poison Ivy? No, we'll argue her third and fourth. Now, here's the thing. Let's talk about the big wins of Catwoman because, you know, you've got two different universes here and you got to say, okay, so Ezio has some wins. He lost to a six-year-old Super Pope, which is, you know, with clones uh, that he had on his side. Okay, that's cool. So there's some big wins for Catwoman we got to talk about. So look, she's got wins over the Joker, Two-Face, Harley Quinn, Mr. Freeze, and multiple wins over Poison Ivy. And she's actually fought through her mind control as well. Now, here's the funny thing. If you have wins over those people, you may as well retire. Call it a career. You're good. You are good. You're in the Hall of Fame. But she didn't stop there. See, she's also got wins over Tim Drake, which is unfortunate. He's my favorite Robin. She's actually beaten Amazon from the island of Themyscira. Now, I'm not saying this Amazon was as powerful as Wonder Woman, but definitely superhuman, way past peak human. She's beaten villains in power armor and exoskeleton skeletons and and she used this really interesting tactic ray this is really kind of like high level martial arts she's facing off against one villain with an exoskeleton who's like in this room with her and saying you know come out come out she uses herself and he's like where are you i've got you and she comes out and she uses what's called a big ass wrench 
And she used that big ass wrench to pummel the heck out of this guy, hit him in the head and just crushed this guy and left him for dead and walked out and said, well, that was easy. She fought a shapeshifter like Clayface in the same family as Clayface and beat that shapeshifter who could transform into any object you can think of, grow in size, shrink. Catwoman has a win over them. Now, if you have all those victories, you're really good. You're, you're, you're a Hall of Famer in multiple sports. You're Bo Jackson. But she didn't stop there. See, here's the fun part. She has a win over Bane. And not just any Bane. She has a win over naked Bane. Now, why he's naked? Don't want to get into that right now. But she actually hit Bane so hard that she broke Bane's back. She kicked him with a massive drop kick from behind. Got the drop on him from hiding. Boom. Hits him with the drop kick. Took out Bane. Naked Bane. And Bane, by the way, says he's more powerful without the Venom steroids and with it. I'm not sure if he had it or not. But she took out Bane, the person who broke Batman's back. She beat this character called The Flash. I'm sorry, that was a mistake. She beat three Flashes at once. This is kind of insane. So in one storyline, her and Batman are out somewhere, and she can sense, and Batman's like, oh, you can sense there's, someone's going to be coming after us. So three of the Flashes, I think it was Barry Allen, Wally West, and I think a third Flash, whatever, comes at Catwoman. Catwoman turns to Batman and says, don't worry, I got this. And she takes out the three flashes. And the way she did it, she waited till the flash came near her and she just put up her foot like at the end of a kick and had the, that Barry Allen flash, whatever it was, ran themselves into her leg, take themselves out. She did something similar to some cool martial arts and took out three flashes. It wasn't over a comic book. It was over like three panels on one page, three flashes. Oh, but it gets better. She took out the Justice League. Yeah, or at least part of it. So she was facing off against Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, and the Flash. So she says, okay, I got to take out the toughest person first. She chose Batman, takes out Batman, takes a green uh, kryptonite ring out, knocks out Superman with it, fights Green Lantern. That's where she takes his ring, beats him out, and then gets the Flash in like this big, huge green hand, you know, knocks him unconscious, took out the Justice League. That's what Catwoman did. And finally, just because I want to say it, she has clear wins on top of that over Batman twice. That's right. Two clean, clear wins over Batman. So ask yourself this. How would Ezio do if he had to face off against three of the Flashes at the same time? The Justice League and would or Batman twice. Would Ezio have two wins over Batman? A much, Really, a much better version of himself? Absolutely not. The answer is he wouldn't do well against any of those scenarios. And he wouldn't be able to pull off any of those wins like Catwoman did. And that, altogether, is my point number three. Now, there are some you're 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 pulling some really wild stuff out of here, James. So obviously I've got something to say about it. That particular I saw those exact panels when she's with Batman, Green Lantern, The Flash, and Superman. And somehow and they I cannot find where this storyline even happens, where this is even from. I could only find the panel you're talking about. I can James, can you give me any more information about this? Because here's what happens. She says, take out the toughest one first, one shots Batman. Then she says, obviously, Superman's next. Turns, one shot punches Superman as he's coming at her. How? How? It doesn't make... This comic doesn't make the slightest bit of sense. I know that, Crystal, you don't want to say, well, comics, but this is such a ridiculous outlier. Catwoman, as a character, is often beaten by three guys from the mob who are after her with baseball bats to take her in front of the boss and make her answer for her crimes. She's been kidnapped and beat up by low-level mobsters more times than I can count over the pages of the Batman and DC comics, comic books. So how she turns and suddenly goes, 
pop and hits Superman and knocks him unconscious is just bizarre. It doesn't make sense. There must be more to it than that. There must be something James isn't saying is all I'm going to say because I could not find any example that that comic is even real even though I read it. And the whole deal with the three flashes is again some of the weirdest, sloppiest writing I've ever seen in my life where she just holds out her fist and then the flash runs into the fist and then she holds up the other one up in the air and then the other flash just runs square into her knuckles and then I don't know like kicks and the third one just runs speed of light into her foot and somehow uh, uh, she's fine and he gets knocked backwards that's not how anything you've ever argued on a who would win show goes that's not how anything in the real world or even comic book world goes I don't know why these people take such bizarre liberties in these outlier examples with Catwoman a character who I've seen get her clock clean look the Joker beat her all the people that you mentioned she beat all those people have beaten her a bunch of times as well let's not pretend Joker beat her so hard left her within an inch of her life then for whatever reason dressed her up like Wonder woman tied her up and threw her in a closet so Batman could find her and literally go what the bleep is happening here this doesn't make any sense but it's the Joker so I guess we go with it my whole point is at the end of the day Ezio's got training out the wazoo he's got better equipment better weapons knows what to do with it he centered his entire life because in the comics Selena Kyle has died multiple times over different comic books you know how the one time Ezio Auditore died he was 65 years old and sitting on a park bench in his hometown and he finally went gracefully into the night you have a character who won't lose you have a character who loses all the time despite bizarre examples you just have to see how Ezio's got too much going for him to allow this Catwoman character to ever have a chance. That's all I have to say about that. Ray, that was incredible. I think you breathed maybe twice during that whole diatribe. Yeah, that is yeah, impressive. Like con- Accurate, yeah. Right? That was crazy. Was like, okay. Yeah. A couple of things. First of all, all of that stuff did happen. I believe it was the, within the last 10 years of DC Comics. That's all cool. That thing you mentioned about Catwoman being dressed up as Wonder Woman and tied up, that happened actually in The Dark Knight Returns. That's where Batman is 55, comes out of retirement. That was in like the mid to late 80s. And that's considered Elseworlds, not even the same continuity as the regular DC Comics Catwoman. That's how much of a nerd I am, by the way. And by the way, I actually have seen Ezio die many times horribly. You know, I do a lot of research. Part of that is watching YouTube videos, which I find very interesting. And one of the YouTube videos I watched was of this person trying to play Assassin's Creed for the first time. And Ezio died horribly, like a lot. And this person was getting frustrated, but I saw Ezio just die in really dumb ways. Like, I'm like, why would he fall? Why don't you jump and just falling off stuff? So Ezio has also died quite a bit. James, that's the animus. If he ever has that happen to him, he desyncs because that's not what really happened. Got it. Know your Assassin's Creed. Right, but the character in the video gameplay, right, is it dies quite a bit. All right. When he's not being controlled by Ezio, sure. Now, with that being said, Crystal. You've heard four, possibly five to six points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. I know how to pack them in. That's right. So with that being said, it's time for you to do what you do. Give us a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story. And tell us who wins between Ezio from Assassin's Creed and Catwoman. Yeah, 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 yeah. So first of all, great job, guys. Great job presenting these characters. I have amazing notes. I will hold them up front and back. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I I take good notes. I take really good notes. And I didn't even doodle this time. I I just actually just took notes. So here's what we've got. 
I'm actually a little a little disappointed you guys didn't argue the stealth a little bit more, uh, the stealth aspect of these two characters. I feel like you focused a lot on how these two could really like if they had to duke it out, they 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 are both willing and able to duke it out. Ray, you made a really good point about how Ezio is just he will freaking kill you, dude. And Catwoman's kind of not like that. Um There was, uh, you guys made really good arguments as well about kind of the weapons that they had. I agree with you at the end that comics can be, (laughs) some of these finals, I'm laughing. As James is bringing them up, I'm like, okay, sure, she just one-punched Superman. Okay. With kryptonite, with a kryptonite ring. With a kryptonite ring, though, that's fair, that's fair. Kryptonite, yeah, that's that's, that's a thing, that's a thing. Um... But I mean, at the same time, it's it. I I hear your point, and I know that Ray, you really felt like you needed to get that 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 off your chest about how you know these comics are written. Um, but at the same time, it's points that have to be accepted because these are things that happen to the character, even though they're ridiculous. I kind of think that these one-off things that these characters have, like the apple versus the argument that you Ray about how Catwoman is not walking around like she's a freaking Walmart, that she's got everything on her. So I kind of feel like those one-offs cancel each other out, where maybe she'll have a batarang that could knock out Ezio and maybe Ezio will have an apple that can mind control Catwoman. We don't know. So that being said, I think this is going to be a really tough fight. I don't know if these two characters are going to duke it out. I think there's going to be a lot of stealth and hit and run tactic that evolves. But at the same time, Catwoman has range and she's got the better armor. And that was not a point that you addressed. Ray, you didn't tell me how Ezio with his 15th century sword and his guns gets through Catwoman's armor to get the kill. That's why I would have loved to hear more about the stealth. Is he able, I mean, is he, is he going to come up behind her and slit her throat, making her armor ineffective? Like, how is he going to get this kill because he's a killer? And I didn't hear that from you. So I have to eck out the win to Catwoman because I think that extra armor is going to give her the win there. Triumphant return from Crystal the Storm. <laughs> making. I think, I think she can, I think, I think she, I think she, she etches what? out the win there, Ray. Oh, what? Ray Stacanus. Uh, Crystal, what it. happened to you <laughs> in the time it, from Ray. you being on the Ray, show Ray, and coming Ray, back again? Ray, he, what Ray, happened Ray, to you? He made, he made a whole point about armor. Crystal. I actually, I mean, Ray, James, he, uh, James talks so much about armor. I didn't even write down every point. I just wrote armor upgrade completely OP because he talked about it so much. Uh, Crystal, there, there's a reason why we miss you. And why your name came up quite a bit. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, (laughs) what what, what makes this so much more satisfying, uh, Crystal, is that the one person, the Mm -hmm. biggest advocate for bringing back Crystal Stormy, I thought it was me. It wasn't. It was actually Ray Stacanus. I know. Ray. Why don't we have sense when you come on the show and not have this intoxicating (laughs) mind fog take you to what What is happening? I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I think, Ray, you did a great job with Ezio. I was actually really, really unsure yeah. of of how close. Catwoman was going to come over. That, that was, was I thought. I was am a blown really away that she wears a skin tight spandex suit, and you convince Crystal Storm she's wearing plate mail. Like, what is <laughs> happening right now? This is insane. The lies that you convinced her of when she knows better, and I know it. You know what would have worked? I think. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. If if mm-hmm. Ezio could have lured Catwoman to a farm and could have hidden in hay. <laughs> And then somehow, somehow, you know, had Catwoman, who's clearly unfamiliar with hay or farming utensils. And she's like, I'm so out of my element. And then he uses his eagle eye to surprise her from the hay with um, the one shot bullet thing he's got that takes 10 minutes to reload. That may have been the one way to do it. But you didn't you didn't go there, Ray. I'm so sorry about that. 
No, I'm excited to think that her kryptonite ring is going to beat Ezio somehow. You know, <laughs> uh, prior knowledge isn't exist, doesn't she exist in these battles. Her ring. It wasn't her ring. She she borrowed the ring from Batman. She borrowed the ring. She one shotted. Get out of here with this garbage. Promise her one shotting Superman did not weigh in too much. She said, "All right, she can fight. I got it. I got it. She can fight. That's all it was. That's all it was." Catwoman, Catwoman was trained by Batman. She beat up Batman a couple of times. Got her and Ezio can fight. Got it. Yeah, Got it. That's, that's all it was. Right. That's all it was, Ray. That was all it was. It was just to show that's that she could fight. Crystal saw it. Just surprised. <laughs> Almost ashamed you didn't. All right, Crystal. You were magnificent. Your your amazing reappearance on the Who Would Win show was nothing short of magnificent, spectacular. We're gonna let this episode air. That's it. It's not probably not. Probably yeah. not. He's. I, yeah. I can already see that. Oh, I'm getting a group text. Hold on, I'm getting a group text to the Who Would Win production team. Big problem happened during recording. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, let me just say, um, Ray is being Ray, Uh, that's all I have to say, make sure you hide in hay, there you go, got it, okay, so, Crystal, (laughs) that's horrible, (laughs) Crystal, you were fantastic, seriously, thank you for coming back on the Who Would Win show, please come back, I know I would want you back, Ray does not, (laughs) many people will want you back as well, please tell everyone where they can find you, read your books, enjoy your talk show, and enjoy all things that are Crystal the Storm. Thank you so much. Ray, I promise I love you. I swear I do. I promise James didn't bribe me. I swear it. Um, Crystal Storm, talk to the Ray is right shirt because the ears aren't listening. He's just doing me out. Okay. Okay, right. Uh, <laughs> shout out to all the Who Would fans, the OG fans, the new fans. I hope you guys had a great time tonight. I am Crystal. I'm a sci-fi conspiracy thriller author. Check out the Sonarchy duology. It is the first two books in my Sonarchy series. If you like that mobsters versus alien stuff, but written really well, I promise you will love that. Go to crystalsimagination.com for all things Crystal Storm. I do a podcast every Tuesday night. It's live on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv backslash crystalsimagination. And then it goes up on all the podcast networks and YouTubes and stuff. So you can hang out live with me and then you can listen to it on the podcast whatever you want to do so i had a great time tonight i hope these fellows uh ask me back at some point maybe like next year when ray's not mad anymore <laughs> might be a little longer than that yeah. but yeah, yeah we'll definitely ask you back for sure it's fine it's fine that's cool now now ray congratulations on a well-fought match that is something you should be proud of i believe you are awarded kudos that's what americans call it right when you lose but you tried hard it's kudos is that a thing I'd like to thank Crystal Storm for coming on the show for the one and only time that she will be returning. Crystal, you tried really hard, and unfortunately, you came up a little, a little uh, loose in the end, and it just, it all wow. came apart. Wow. And it's, it just, I'm very disappointed um, in you personally. Now that being said. Crystal is a fantastic author. I personally own Synergy Books 1 and 2, and I don't know why you don't if you don't. And quite frankly, you should. You should own these books is what I am trying to say right now. So go buy all of Crystal Storm's books and merchandise. Check out her Twitch stream and bomb it with hashtag Ray was robbed over and over and over again to the point where she can't do a stream. She can't get through a a 10 minute stream Uh without the entire chat box being filled with hashtag Ray was robbed because she needs to understand the gravity Mm -hmm. of the disappointment Mm -hmm. that all who would win fans feel Mm -hmm. at this moment. Mm -hmm. You can find me at almighty Ray on Twitter. Ray, I like how you're you're laying down the framework for you know when when Crystal does return, 
<laughs> right? Like, you know, this will leave a great taste, you know, in her mouth yeah, for all fine. things raised to canis. I'm a Scorpio, too. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. That, that's crazy. By the way, I also second everything Ray said. I've read some of uh, Crystal's stuff. It's fantastic. Buy her books and watch her as a superstar have an amazing ascent to superstardom, even more so. And that's all I got to say about that, Crystal. You are awesome. Now, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at James Gabsy. Also, feel free to join the ever-growing Facebook group for Who Would Win, where you can see all the matches we present and actually suggest some matches as well. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you go for your podcast and video content. On behalf of myself, Ray Stacanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. I'm Erica. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts.